Hey everyone, Miss Akimoto here with your next chapter of Threads. So yesterday's chapter, Clara was at the Great Wall of China and she was really lost in her thoughts about um, her sister Lola. And the author focused a lot on these four kids who jumped out of a bus and they all had the same haircut. They were wearing like two big shirts that were really brightly colored. And she encountered them twice on the Great Wall and just kind of walked past them or saw them. But it sure felt important. The author spent a lot of time talking about them. So let's see if that really was anything. This is chapter 17, July 7th through 8th, Beijing, China, Yuming. Now I know. Now I know why Kai insisted on stuffing a huge sack from the market full of food. It was practically more than we could carry, but he insisted on bringing it with us when we slipped out of the store well before dawn. Here at the Great Wall, the sun has almost set into the misty pink sky behind us. It's nothing but a thin orange line above the hills, and standing in front of us are a cast of frightening-looking characters who, a few months ago, I would have shuddered to be near. But now I jut my chin forward like Kai does, so I look unafraid. Kai is holding a box of candies out to a bearded man with broken teeth who, at Kai's insistence, we'd spent the greater part of the afternoon looking for. This man is dressed in rags, and a mangy gray dog sits, panting at his feet. Ooh, Clara walked past that man. She described seeing him and wondering if that was the same man she saw two years ago. One box, the man asked Kai sharply. One box for three people, for the week? He laughs, but as if to say he finds nothing funny about it. It's all I have, Kai lies. Off to the side, hidden in the shadows of the wall, Lee is pretending to sleep, his arms wrapped around the bulky sack of bottles and boxes like it's a giant stuffed toy. The old man looks from Kai to me to Jing. I don't blink. The man snatches the box from Kai's hand and laughs again, but this time he is amused. One box is nothing. He rips it, rips it open and pours its contents out at his feet. The dog smiles up at him before wolfing the candy down. We are on a hill off to the side of the wall. A teenage boy who has been watching us from beneath a tree takes a few steps towards the old man's back, ogling the dog and the slobbery candy until the man pivots swiftly as if he has eyes in the back of his head and pulls a knife from his pocket. Get back, Tao, he hisses, and the teenager throws his head back and roars with laughter before disappearing into the shadows. I keep my chin high and try and breathe evenly. Why couldn't Tao have been Bolin? Why can't my brother suddenly appear and take me away from here? The man turns to face us again. I eye Kai and Jing. They're still staring at him, just like Kai had told us to do when he'd explained his plan. Kai Kai, last time you brought me more, the man says. And where's that little runt of yours? Kai doesn't answer. The old man leans towards us. He smells like something rotten. I need more. Three people for a week? The price for that is more. Kai stares at the man for another moment before finally gesturing to Lee, who jumps up and drags the sack over. Ah, the runt is here. The runt whose boldness got me in trouble last time. Lee grins up at the filthy man proudly as the man snatches the sack from his hand. Startled, Lee slowly backs up until he's at his brother's side. If you have the runt with you, you can forget it. Then give me back my food. 
I can tell that Kai is trying to keep his voice steady, but it's wavering. If we can't stay here, near this portion of the wall that the rotting old man says he owns, then where? It has taken us hours to get from the tiny village to the Great Wall today. We had waited and waited in the shadows near a gas station before sneaking onto a bus when the driver got out to fuel up and pay. When the bus reached a larger town, we leaped from its windows and made our way to a bus station and stowed away on a different coach. Now it's practically dark out. We are all exhausted and dirty. We have nowhere else to go. So they've been jumping out of bus windows. There's four of them. They, we know they have a giant sack of food. I bet those four kids were Yuming, Lee, Kai, and Jing. And Clara was so close and she just missed them. Oh, so it sounds like this book has a lot of interesting little twists where like their fates are sort of intertwined, like the threads that they've been talking about, but not quite yet. The old man laughs and laughs until he can barely stand. The gray dog wags its tail, smiling and panting at its owner. The old man looks us over again before he digs through the sack, nodding. Then his face turns serious. This food is mine. I will give you permission to stay. Four people, including Runt, one night. When the sun comes up, I want you gone. And I don't want to ever see you again. You are trouble. Kai looks as if he's going to protest, as though he's going to tell the old man what he told us as we huddled together behind the store last night. The Great Wall is the best place to beg and pickpocket. I'd been wary, thinking it's possible that Mr. Zhang could look for us there. It might even be the first place he would go, but I don't say anything. Can we stay there through the winter again? Lee had mumbled. He was close to sleep. Through the winter, Kai had agreed before turning on his side, his back towards Jing and me. There are people, a whole group. They live there behind the wall all year long. I had nodded as he talked, promising to teach us how to survive. But the whole time I was listening to Wai Gong's voice in my mind. Go with them, Yu Ming, I imagined him saying, his hands clasped behind his back, his face thoughtful. You'll get enough money for a train ticket to Shanghai and a bus ticket to Yimo Village. And then you'll be on your way home. This is my wall, the old man goes on, urging me back to the present. He reaches down to pet his dog gently before looking back at us with squinting eyes. Understand? My great wall. Kai nods, looking defeated. The old man tosses him a box of crackers and a can of soda from the sack and walks away. Nearby, a fire crackles in a metal tub. It's getting cold, so we sit next to it on opposite side from where the smoke is blowing. Lee curls into Jing's lap and I stare at the orange flames as Kai opens the crackers. When I close my eyes, the flames are blue on the inside of my lids. Kai shoves some crackers into his mouth and passes the box to Jing. He holds the end of the stick into the hottest part of the flame until an ember glows at the end. Then he jams the ember onto the rim of the metal tub. Sparks fly. One lands on my ankle and I swat it away and cross my legs underneath myself. Watch it, Kai Kai, I taunt, suddenly so exhausted that I am angry. I didn't survive everything I've survived just to be burned alive by a miniature con artist in the hills next to the Great Wall of China. 
I scoot backward, untie the white t-shirt from the factory around my waist, and lean against the wall using the shirt as a cushion for my head. Hmm, so maybe not because they're still wearing white shirts. Let's see. So I'm wondering, they said that the kids were wearing colorful shirts, and Yuming just said she's wearing a white shirt, so I'm wondering if maybe that wasn't her, or maybe something else is going on. So we'll have to keep piecing this puzzle together to see, are they coming together? Are they in the same place and just missing each other? Is it just coincidence? What is the author leading us to? Because the author's definitely dropping some hints. We know the kids cut their hair before they left the factory. So let's keep reading and find out. The stone stabs me through the thin fabric. Jing lifts Lee onto Kai's lap and joins me. I think she's going to say something, but she just settles herself next to me. Soon she is asleep, her head bobbing until it's finally resting on my shoulder. Up above, people laugh and talk. Bottles clink. I remember the stories that Mr. Chen, our teacher, told us about the Great Wall. If you love somebody, lock a padlock on the chain at the wall. Your love will last forever. He showed us drawings of men constructing the wall in the olden days. He taught us how much money the Chinese government makes from wealthy tourists who paid a visit. Wealthy tourists like the ones we saw today as Kai, Li, Jing, and I jogged west, then east along the Great Wall, searching for the old man with the dog. I had scanned the crowds for Mr. Zhang as we wove our way through the people from many different places the wealthy Chinese families, the South Koreans laughing and taking pictures of one another, and the American girl with, in sunglasses and a baseball cap who seemed lost in thought, playing rock paper cloth discreetly with herself, probably hoping that no one would notice. Ooh. Well, that sure sounds interesting. So Claire is an American girl. And remember when she saw those kids she was totally lost in thought and she was thinking about playing rock, paper, scissors. Um, Yumin calls it scissors, rock, cloth, but I could totally see how those are the same game. So maybe that was who she saw. So again, the author keeps dropping all these hints that their lives are kind of woven together, but haven't quite come together yet. <laughs> Bolin and I had played that same game Sometimes there would be the longest stretches of ties. Scissors, rock, cloth. Both rock. Scissors, rock, cloth. Both scissors. Scissors, rock, cloth. Both cloth. That's kind of the same thing that Clara was thinking, right? Stretches where she and um, Lola had done the same thing. Where are you, Bolin? Sleep blurs the edges of my mind. I feel myself drifting off, even though I don't think it's a good idea. Measure your risks, Yuming. The t-shirt is the closest thing to a pillow I've had since leaving home to search for Bolin. The fire crackles somewhere to my right, and the voices overhead on the wall are quieter now. I'll just close my eyes for a minute. Tomorrow. Tomorrow it all starts. Somehow I'll get money. Beginning tomorrow, I'll do whatever it takes to return home. When I open my eyes, my stomach aching with hunger, the sun is bursting through the hazy white sky. I'm leaning against the stone wall with a kink in my neck. My behind is numb and damp with dew. I look beside me to see if Jing is awake, only to find 
that she is gone. And that's the end of this chapter. Come back tomorrow to see what happens.